Hi, and welcome to Traditional Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Levick. In today's episode, we're continuing that conversation we started regarding best practices for working with Indigenous healers and their communities. In our last episode, we went over the basics and we went over things we need to watch out for. We talked about how income inequality negatively affects social and health outcomes for communities. And also we talked about how top-down hierarchical structures really facilitate abuse. So we really want to stay away from these things when we are interacting with these communities. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about how we can responsibly work together if it is something that both parties feel called to do. If this is the first time that you're tuning into this podcast, let me tell you a little bit about what you can expect to hear. In this podcast, we talk all things Amazonian and High Andean Kiro healing of Peru. For over nine years, I've been volunteering for various healers, and for more than half of that time, I have spent it with Amazonian healers and Kiro healers of Peru. This podcast is really about me distilling all that experience, all that knowledge, so that you can feel closer to these traditions. And as always, if you're looking for authentic traditional indigenous healing, look no further. Check out traditionalmedicinemiami.com. We work on a very special project with the Kiro community to connect their world-renowned healers with the people who need them. So whether you're looking to alleviate anxiety, depression, addiction urges, or maybe you're just looking to improve and grow, whether it's in your career or personal life, check out some of our plans. And if there's anything we can do, go ahead and reach out to us. We'll be happy to connect you. So let's get started with today's episode. Like I mentioned in the last episode, we talked about all of the things that we needed to know to achieve optimal health for communities. And we also found out that a lot of that wisdom that is found, that knowledge that is found in various branches of science, whether it's epidemiology, whether it's psychology, whether it is anthropology even, can be also found in these traditions. So these traditions understand how to create an environment that could produce positive social and health outcomes for their community. Now, something that I didn't mention before is that capitalism is not native to the Americas. It's something that was brought over by Europeans eventually, right? And the ideals, the values of capitalism are really indirect conflict with these traditions and their values, where these communities, these traditions are really about sharing and making sure that everybody is feeling happy and everyone is valued and that there's situational leadership. In capitalism, that doesn't really benefit the capitalists very much because If you're a good capitalist, you want to pay people as little as possible, you want to get as much as you can, and you want to hoard things for yourself. It's not a very communal kind of ideology, and it is not something that is really in harmony with these kinds of traditions. Now, a big challenge that healers and people outside of the tradition have when it comes to working together is that right from the start, there's a a lack of balance because these healers don't have the financial means to put centers together to move projects forward, and the people outside do. And it's this really kind of tough thing to, to work out because the people outside of the culture believe that if I have money, I can buy myself a position of power or leadership in this project. And 
sometimes because the healer doesn't have leverage and needs the financial support to be able to put a center together to be able to do what they need to do for this planet, which is uh, educate people and heal people. And also, of course, uh, sustain themselves and their families. They don't, they sometimes feel that they don't have a choice. And in reality, they don't a lot of the times. So they tend to give up this power and allow someone in. But in actuality, that person should not be allowed to have a leadership position in exchange of money. Because if you have listened to my episodes on power, power is not something that you buy. Power is something that you have earned in these traditions. It is something um, that is earned by virtues. It's earned by caring, by radical compassion, these kinds of things, which are in line with the tradition. But when people that are outside of the tradition kind of purchase a, a position of leadership because, you know, they buy it, it's already a problem because this is already not in line with these traditions. So I'm going to give you a better example of what it's like to be in the social environment of these traditions. So respect, respect is not gained through money because we understand that that is not really a value. And to us, what is a value is these incredible healers that can change people's lives, right? And that can heal and that can communicate with sacred plants or communicate with the sacred mountains and Mother Earth. And, and they have all this wisdom. And that is who, we're, who we respect, right? In the Amazonian jungle, after an ayahuasca has finished their ceremony, you'll often see the apprentice following behind, just right behind him, flashing uh, the flashlight for them in the path that they need to go. And you could tell the joy and you could tell the respect. You can feel it. No one has to argue. No one has to say, oh, respect your elders. We don't have to be reminded of that because we understand how powerful they are because they are the ones that have all this wisdom in these traditions. So we love them and we love doing all kinds of things for them, whether it's, you know, cleaning up things or we're very attentive. We are uh, very much connected heart-wise to our teachers and to those elders that have this kind of power. So we don't have a problem of respect in these traditions because we understand that. And when someone comes along and has some money and is suddenly bossing around these people of power because they have a different way of looking at the world, it's a problem. Right away, you're, you're messing up the entire uh, dynamic, the social dynamic that we have going on that's actually much better than the one that believes that money can buy you a position of power. That does not happen in these traditions. The way that these traditions look at leadership and the way that modern society looks at leadership is very different. You can imagine most people in modern society, right? Um, we don't have access to the unconscious, the energetic, spiritual aspect of life. We're not really, that's not what we're known for. I mean, there's people that know a little bit, but it's not like what the Incan Empire used to be or something like this. Um, and so most of the things that you're going to look for if you're coming from that modern society perspective is going to be things like 
how much money do they have, uh, how much education do they have, and how much how many followers do they have, right? I remember asking someone what they thought a good leader was, and she said, well, a good leader has to have followers because otherwise, who are you leading? And I thought, how interesting. But what if, what if that person's leading that person into off a giant cliff? Are they still a leader? Okay, so I was like, well, I'm not sure that I really agree with what you just said, but that's certainly a thought. And then other people, uh, which I understand a little bit better, is, well, people with good education, people that have skills. But how many times has uh, have people with skill and education taken people off that cliff too, right? So it's it's not always education. It's not always... It's not always skill because you can skillfully use your intellect to do some very, very terrible things for people. And other people say, well, money, money is very important. If you don't have money, how can you, how can you start things? How can you do things? But again, people with money have created things that are not that great for people either. So, you know, in our tradition, whether it's the Amazonian, whether it's the high Andean, we are always consulting with these sacred beings. We're, we're consulting with Mother Earth, sacred mountains, sacred plants. And we co-created these traditions with them. And we also asked them about what we should do. Who's going to be best for something? And usually they'll know exactly who will be best because they know us very well. They know our capabilities and things like that. And they're looking at the person's heart. And they're looking at the person's energetics. Do you have the energetics? Do you have the kind of heart? Do you have the kind of virtues? Is it, is it uh, a part of your fate to go and take us down the right path? So sometimes, yes, we're hoping that these people will be skilled, right? And, and, and usually they are in the perfect ways to lead that particular situation. But again, it's not the way that modern society leads uh, or finds their leaders. That is a very superficial way to find leadership where we look at the person entirely. We look at the person's heart. We look at the person's energetics. We look at the person's path. We look at everything and we can see how things are going to play out. So that is how these traditions um, select leadership whenever leadership is required. So as you could probably tell, there's a big difference between the way that these traditions operate and the way that modern society or your conventional business, your conventional top-down hierarchical business works. And even the ideals found in our current economic system. So the way that you come into these particular circles is really important. You have to understand that you are going to have to adapt to that environment. You are coming into that space. So you are going to have to understand that a lot of the things that you believe are not the best things to go by when you are within these particular communities. Now, there's no escaping the fact that we live in a capitalist society, right? unless you live in Cuba or unless you live in whatever other kinds of systems, and then you have to deal with a whole other system that is also top-down hierarchical <laughs> as well, right? It's still somebody controlling everybody else and telling everybody else 
what to produce and what to do with the money. In in the case of Cuba, you have uh, a small group of political people that are telling everybody else what to do and, and, and they kind of run things without really input from the workers and everyone there. And then in capitalistic societies, you usually have the capitalists, the owners, telling all the workers what to do. So in both cases, you have top-down hierarchical structures where, uh, you know, Abuse is facilitated. Now, who you rather be on top doesn't matter. The point is that it is still a hierarchical top-down structure. So that is no good either because this is not how these traditions operate. They are situational leadership. Uh, they are about sharing. They are about all of these kinds of things. They're much more democratic in nature. And so the best economic structure, if you wanted to structure a business, a project, with a community in one of these traditions, right? Or with within these indigenous communities, you are going to want to look at a worker-owned business model, right? A cooperative business model where everybody eventually, all right, I know that at first it's hard to get businesses started. A lot of times one person has to do all the work, right? Or one person has to put all the money, right? because other people don't have that privilege. They don't have that privilege of education. They don't have that privilege of the finances. They don't have that, they don't have all of these kinds of privileges that maybe one person does. And that person is going to be tasked with working for that group, for the benefit of that group. All right, and, uh, and I understand that because I do a lot of that, right? But you have to understand that Eventually, once you get your business going, whether it's a center, whether it is whatever it is, and once it begins to have money coming in, you have a responsibility being in these communities to eventually convert these businesses into worker-owned cooperatives. And that is going to mean that it's not just one leader having power or two leaders having power and you having power or whatever, it's everyone having power from the person that cleans those cabins, from the person that cooks, from the person that does the gardens, all that stuff. Everyone has to be in this together because in that way, you're going to ensure that um, that community benefits the most from all of these things. And many of these healers, all right, they're going to want to put uh, after school activities together. They're going to want to do all kinds of things for their communities, right? And they're going to make those decisions uh, a lot more often if you ensure that everybody has a say because everybody wants to build their community. Everybody wants to help each other. But if you just give it to one or two people, if you give it to the wrong person, <laughs> um, they may want to hoard wealth and then you're going to have uh, a real disaster on your hands. And there are implications for these kinds of situations. Like you can't just do whatever you want when you are in these traditions. That's another thing you have to understand. This is not a joke. This isn't like setting up a hot dog shop uh, somewhere in New York City. This is, you know, if you want to make money, there's so many other ways. But coming into these traditions, hmm. Now you're really kind of, you could really be putting yourself in, in, in serious harm because you are, as soon as you are a part of this circle, 
You could just be sweeping the floors. You could be doing translations. You're still part of this group of people that are on a mission to heal, that are on a mission to do good things. And by default, you are a part of that group. So you have to understand what you are a part of (laughs) because you're going to be asked to walk a straight path. If you're not walking a straight path, you're going to see uh, some negative consequences to that a lot faster than if you were just selling hot dogs in New York City. And I'll explain to you some of those things when we get into the next episode, but, but basically that's what I wanted to talk to you about today. There is a way to work with these communities so that everyone benefits. And if you are trying to enter into these communities for anything other than walking this path of power with them, then you're going to have a problem. All right. If you are coming into this thinking that you can buy a leadership position and that that's going to be okay, you're going to have a problem. And I say you because it is going to be you that's going to have a problem eventually because everything is going to go downhill. Your investment is going to be lost. I've seen it over and over and over. It is going to come around and bite you in the butt because energetically you're doing something that is not right. All right. And and when you are in these traditions, that bitter medicine is going to hit you a lot faster than again, if you have some sort of hot dog stand in in Manhattan or New York City. When you are entering into these spaces, you have to be on your best behavior, all right? And uh, it's it's very different. So we're gonna talk more about that, but again, uh, if you're going to enter in these spaces, you need to understand that eventually you're going to have to convert these businesses into a worker-owned cooperative because it is, uh, in terms of structure, it is the one that is much more in harmony with these traditions. It's much more compatible with the values of these traditions. And that is a way that you're not only going to safeguard that tradition, not only safeguard these healers, but also these communities and yourself. So we're going to talk about how you're safeguarding your own health when you are doing the correct thing with these uh, healing traditions. And uh, we're going to talk about that in the next episode. All right, so that's the end of today's episode. I hope you were able to take something from it, maybe something new that you didn't consider. And if you're on Instagram, go ahead and follow us. We are trying to make some friends. We want to see what you're doing on the weekend. Don't be shy. Follow us. We are Traditional Medicine Miami. And we also have a website, traditionalmedicinemiami.com, where we have all kinds of different plans. We work with the Kiro community to uh, connect them with people that need them. So if there's anything that we can do, if you have any questions, go ahead and reach out. We'll be happy to help in any way that we can. Thanks again for hanging out. I hope you're having a great day or night, wherever you may be, and that we get to hang out again soon. 